Welcome to the Scale with Sales podcast. Today's episode is taken from one of Rasmus's webinars about tribal leadership. You know what? In society, I, I released a, a clip earlier today talking about it, but it's like the way we see leadership today, the way we see people today is completely unnatural. Like the, the reason we dress with like a shirt and have like a watch on and stuff like this is because the normal human, the normal standard human don't have that. Also, if you find every single corpse that they have found uh, that is like, you know, 5,000 years old or, or, or older before they have agriculture, have all of them have tattoos. All of them, men and women, all have tattoos, a lot of body work on them. So that's why the modern man, the uh, the gentleman, the, Brit- the British gentleman, if you think about it like that, the aristocrat, don't have any tattoos, don't have any, uh, any like any body modification because we're differentiating ourselves from the wild nature of human being to be in the, the, the organized, the structured, the, uh, the refined human. It gets me into this leadership perspective because uh, this question started from Christina asked me in, a, in an interview, like, what is my leadership style? And I try to emulate that out of what you call a big man. So in nature, there are leaders, but it, I'll, I'll get to this point that I also said in the, in the clip there. But like back in the day, uh, if you weren't like uh, the, when the Spanish and so on come to uh, the Mesoamerica, they were working as slave labor because they are used to a system in agriculture where part of their agricultural produce goes to someone else and is systematized. It's like this, what I make, some of this goes to this noble here, to the government. Now when, but in the tribal societies, the people who are living in, in the jungle or living in the steppes of the, America, of the North Americas, uh, they, they will not be enslaved. They refuse. They, they, will take, they will take death as a punishment. They will not work if you force them. There's another story. It's going to go back to the leadership style, but there's this um, story from a guy called Jared Diamond. He'd been working a lot in Papua New Guinea. And in there, he he's a bird watcher, but he also did studies of the people there while he was bird watching because he found it curious. And he had one example that stuck with me is that he want, he needed some people to carry his bags and stuff and be a little bit of a guide where he worked uh, to do this bird watching there. And he had two people with him, a, a child of 11 years and uh, some man in his say 30s. And they were walking for, I think, a week or or, or so, uh, you know, in the jungle. And then the man, they said, I have to get going. I can't stay longer than one week. I have to go back. And the child of 11 years said, you know what? I'd, I'd like to stay with stay with this uh, Jared Diamond and, and continue with him into the jungle and, and do this bird watching with him. And and the man was his uncle or something. He's like, all right, went back to his parents. And like, you know, and the, the kid continued. 11 years old, alone with this with this the, this foreigner in in the jungle looking for birds and there's nothing strange in this society for example they, this i don't know if it was exactly the same tribe but they also had the rule was basically and i, I have other they have a friend from he was working in cameroon say similar things when the child can walk uh, on their own they're more or less considered their own independent individual and it's not your responsibility what they do they are completely responsible for their own lives they are considered their own person you don't own them. You don't control them. And an individual who can walk and talk, that's his own individual. So uh, these um, North American tribes that they met when the conquistadors came there, they refused to be enslaved because they are what they call fierce egalitarians. Everybody is respected for their own 
like their sovereignty. And I want you guys to realize that this is the core of a human being, especially you'll see it when you get to be a parent, you'll see how kids behave. That is this normal structure of society that I, I like that we have it because it allows me to sit in this room and have this recording and these lights and everything. I don't mind normal, like the modern society. But the core human being is not like this. We have to force on, po- on top of kids structure and order and like how they do things. And you've been going through this your whole lives. It starts really heavily in, in school. They care some of it, but in normal school, it starts really heavily and it keeps going. So now you don't question it very much. But the original human being is this self, I do what I want on my terms and I'm not allowed to force you to do anything. But on the same side, you're not allowed to force me to do anything either. It gets back to this leadership style, this big man leadership style. And this big man is uh, is cited all over the world. Everywhere they go and in this really basic society, they always call the guy, whatever their language is, is the big man. And it's, it's always a man for some reason, but that's how it is. What he is usually older. And what happens is that because he is skilled at what he does, he's a skilled diplomat, good with people. People like to be around him usually good, maybe a good hunter, good scavenger. So he can produce more food and more resources than your average person. Then because of his alliances and uh, setups he have, he receives even more resources. And then he delegate, he gives some of that resources to that, the, the group, the tribe, his brothers, sisters, cousins, they all get some of that wealth. And now it goes back to something. I'll go back to this in a, in a bit, but you might have heard that in India, they throw these extravagant weddings. Probably heard it. Like everybody gets a car. Everybody gets a car. Like this stupid stuff like this. And we here in the North, we're like, why would you do that? You're like wasting your money. We say, no, no, they're investing. They're, the thing is in a society where they, you cannot trust the government, the government is not there to protect you. The government is maybe to extract wealth from you. They're not your friends. You invest your money in other people. So when you have more, you give so that whenever it comes back, when you're, because the thing is the government could at any point say, oh, by the way, look, nice money you have is gone. So that's why you give out what you have. Okay. You keep some, but you give away so that when the time comes and you're in dire situations, your friends will be give back to you. And you're expected to give as well if you have money because you invest in social relationships. So this is something to take as a leader, by the way, because especially we in the Nordics have forgotten about this. If you have my, uh, for example, if I have an event, I can have a board game event, for example. I will bring a case of beer. What is it, like 25 euros? I'll bring the whole case. Here we go. It's just my case. Just take it as much as you want. Here you go, guys. Cost me 25 euros. It's nothing. But I'm bringing something. It's because I have 25 euros that I can spend and I'll give it. No problem. Like in, in, in the Nordics, you can do such a small gesture. And they, that will be mean so much for the people there. It, I'm not giving anybody money. It's you give, you give gifts, gifts that are useful, that are, that they're good to give. So, because the thing is we forget as leaders or as, as people to invest in the social relationship using our resources. Of course, our time, like in a way you're giving time to me, I'm giving time to you. This is also part of giving, but giving resources is also something you should consider. The big man does this. The big man get, has more resources than the other ones because of his abilities, also because of diplomatic skill. People give him things and he distributes it out to others. That's one thing he does. But also because he is good at what he does, people allow him to lead. They allow him to represent them. So if, the, if, if there's a conflict between another group, which does happen all the time, it's dangerous living in these jungle conditions. 
he can mediate and say, this individual of our group, which is not me, I don't represent him, but I see he's in this issue and I suggest we could solve it this way. And he will discuss with the other big man if we can do it like this. Now, whoever's affronted on that side will have to agree that if the, the big man cannot make a decision for them. So, so it's kind of like this informal informal leadership. He's, he's negotiating. So you see that nobody is pushing the, their decision onto somebody else. There is nobody deciding this is what you do. But he will try to make a good a good settlement that every party can accept. Almost like a lawyer. Like they don't usually don't make decisions either for somebody else. So it, the big man leadership style is that you respect me because I'm good at what I do. And also I give you gifts. So you have a better life because you, I'm here. But it also means as a big man gets older, if he can't provide, if he's not as good as he used to be, he's going to be dethroned. Somebody else with better connections, with better resource collection abilities, with a lot, like better support for him will supplant. But then there's no power battle necessarily. It could just be the kind of like, it's kind of shifting over. And the big man becomes like lesser of a big man. He's still important. Like, of course, they could fight. It's not impossible. They could have a, an argument that they could have, like there's going to be a fight about it. But the most important thing is nobody says that anybody else can do anything on top of them. All my whole life, I've tried to put myself in the leadership position. I, I just want to try. If there's like, who wants to do this? I'm like, I'd like to do it. And who? Like, I, I'll just volunteer first to try it out. So with practice, you become better. That's that's one thing, and you can practice in in uh, like non like practice environments. For example, in uh, if you do sports, you can be you know try to take a leadership position there by by trying to uh, help the team forward more than you you're just participating, but you're helping helping the team to perform. So you're hel helping others. That's another win. You you're helping others. That's a big big thing of being a, a leader. Also in association work, if you think more more business like, you can be in associations where there's no money moving around, but you do projects and you do other uh, type of activities. And there you can think, I want to lead this project. I want to try to do this. I want to lead this. So that gets you practicing without being in the real business world. You don't have to. You know, there's no payment or anything like this. And then when the opportunity comes to do a like being in another situation where there's actually real money on the line, you've already practiced. You've already done this so many times and made mistakes on the way so that you learn from that. Also, it helps to have an older leader that you can discuss back to sometimes when there's some issue that you have. And not a, usually it's political issues. Like some people don't, two people don't agree on something and you're in a bit trying to solve it. Or one person don't agree with you. You're trying to move the team or you're trying to move the group in a certain direction to succeed with the task. And then one person is not, not want to like want to play with you and they may be undermining the performance of the team. How do you handle that? So it helps to have an older person around who you can talk to as well. But the only way to learn is like to be in these situations. Like it's really hard to like hypothetically talk about how do I handle a diplomatical dispute without you having been in it. Then it's a completely different story when you're actually in. When you try to work with somebody, for example, I've been working with you, Richard and Christina, at least. Maybe I've done some with you, Ricardo, as well. Partly with Victor and Max, partly in some way. But if you want to do this well, if you can figure out where the other person wants to go, you're like, I said, where do you want to go with this? Why is this important to you? If you, if you want to write a book or have a career or, or wh where do you want to go with this? Because if I know that, then I can, I can help you. And in that, in that situation, you will allow me to lead because I understand where you need to go. And if I have some confidence in helping you get there. So as a, as a leader, I found it like, 
I, I might ask, I've asked people like uh, having this job, like I know if, I, if you work with me, I might say, this is not your final job. Like you'll be here for a while and then you have to go somewhere else. So where do you want to go? Like how can this time that we have together propel you to get to the next stage of your life where you want to go? When you lead, you need, if you, uh, you need to understand where somebody else wants to go. And you, you can ask, why are you here? Like, um, let's say in rugby practice these days, I, why do I play rugby? I want to kind of like be in shape. I don't want to get too much out of shape. And I like running around after the ball. That's literally why I'm there. I, have, I don't care if we win or lose. I literally don't care. I want to have a good game. I want to play a good game, but I don't, like people cry if they lose. If I cry if they win, I'm like, yeah, it's a good game, guys. Like, we want, I, I don't want to have a shitty game where I don't play well. I, I don't, but like, I'm not there for the team to win necessarily. That's not, it's a fun end product of a good game. I like it to win. I like to win, but it's like, it doesn't matter to me. Not anymore. When I was younger, it was more important. Now I was like, that's, I mean, I'm a playing, it's a game. It's not even real. We're running after the bumpy ball, bounces around, I catch the ball sometimes. It's, it's just, so, but if the, so some, some teams, I, I would love to, I some, some tell them as well, but like, yes, ask me, what's my ambition? Like, am I here to push myself to the absolute limit and like, you know, I want to win at any cost? I mean, they was like, hey, you guys go to the gym. I'm like, yeah, that's good. You guys go to the gym. You got to enjoy it. Great. I don't like going to the gym, so I'll, I'll, I'll not go. Thank you. Now, so if they, if you know what I want to go, then you can adjust, uh, or you can even say, Rasmus, this team is not for you because we're trying to win. <laughs> so get out of the way. Uh, but so, and that would be okay as well. Cause then we know, okay, we're not, we're not a fit, but if you know where I want to go. So when you lead, if in any situation you, you say, you don't have to be appointed a leader, but if you know, if you know what people want and what they need, suddenly you, we talked about resources. Suddenly you can provide them with what they need and help them. That way they elevate you like, wow, you, you happen with this. That's great. And you do that with people left and right around you. They always say, well, yeah, no, he's a great guy. He's been helping me. Like you, they gravitate towards you because you help and improve their life and take, help people go where they want to go. So that is, so you don't tell people what to do. You try, you don't, they are their own individuals. They make their own decisions. They get their own mistakes and they have their own wishes and dreams. And it's your your role as a leader is to try to help them reach that point. And that's where you get this. That's how I say you take the big man modern, the, the modern approach to the big man leadership, that you try to figure out what people want and you try to give it to them and how, try to help them on the way. And that will give you a leadership position. Yeah, okay. That was it. <laughs> Sum it up. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Scale with Sales podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear your thoughts. So find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Rasmus Basilea and you'll find me there. I'll make it a point to respond to all messages I get. If startup sales and international expansion interests you more, you can find more insights and resources at euroscalers.com. Thank you again for listening.